Bienvenidos to another episode of You Heard It Here First, the show that helps you discover the best that Audible has to offer. My name's Imriel Morgan, or perhaps I should be saying, Hola, mi nombre es Imriel, because in today's episode, I try to learn some Spanish. Plus, we dive into a brand new fiction book all about love. Then, later in the show, I'll be joined by two guests who want to share their favorite listens. And at the end, we'll hear from one of you in the listener's corner. Let's get things going with a featured customer review. This is where I hunt through Audible to see what you have to say. This week's review comes from Graham for the spy novel Call for the Dead by Jean Le Carré. Let's hear what he had to say. Smiley's Dark Debut George Smiley's origin novel, this story introduces some of the key characters who will appear later in Le Carre's work, principally the spy who came in from the cold. It's a less sophisticated tale than Spy, but full of the brooding menace that came to define his later works. Beautifully read by Michael Jaston, who captures Smiley's blend of dedication and personal resignation amid his crumbling marriage. There is also an effective scene-setter for the machinations of the circus, described here as a rat race of hate. That was a review of Call for the Dead by John Le Carre. Why not give it a try? You can find it on Audible. Up next is our featured new release. This is a brand spanking new audiobook that I've been loving and I can't wait to share with you. This week, I'm featuring Love in Colour by Bolu Babalola. In the book, Bolu takes a range of stories from Greek mythology to Nigerian folklore and gives them an exciting new twist. She puts a truly modern and feminist spin on each one. Plus, there's three new original stories by her too. No two tales are alike, and yet they all feel relatable and almost universal as they're retold. It's quite remarkable. If you liked Hag, which we featured in Series 1, you'll probably enjoy this too. Bolu is a huge pop culture fan and even wrote her master's dissertation on Beyonce's visual album Lemonade, so she was perfectly placed to write this collection of stories which are particularly fresh and current. Now, as with a lot of short story collections, not every story is amazing. The book opens with Ocean, a Nigerian swimmer who has ill-placed feelings for her swim coach. It's a strong opening that immediately sucks you in. It then goes into Shaharazad's story, which feels very millennial and modern. But for me, it lacked the depth and culture of the first story and the stories that followed. I found myself tuning out and being jarred by her character. However, I adore adored Thisbe and Pyramus' story, a reimagining of the poem Metamorphoses by the Roman poet Ovid. Thisbe's story is wonderfully compelling. It's set in university halls and describes the paper-thin walls and her irritating neighbour who she finds curious and intriguing. The story sees them become friends and eventually fall in love. She made the pace of his heartbeat quicken. Hi, she said and he realised he hadn't spoken yet. Without a barrier, the melodiousness of her voice had a new clarity. He nodded. Hey, uh, I'm... I know who you are. He smiled and rubbed the back of his neck. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Her shoulder twitched. I haven't made up my mind. 
Her smile was wicked and should have had some kind of governmental guidelines on it. It was potent, illicit, and it went straight to his head. I thought it would be easier to talk face to face. Are you the 55-year-old woman who wants to take me on a date? Because you look really, really good for your age. Thisby's smile broadened. She nodded. Thank you so much. It's definitely not because of beauty sleep, you know, because your music keeps me up at night. Touché. Pyramus rubbed the back of his neck again and hung his head, releasing a sheepish smile. Yeah, I'm really genuinely sorry about that. Music is how I forget about the world. Problem is, sometimes I forget about the world. They're so cute. I loved that story. And the other one I loved was Psyche and Zinu, which were truly heartfelt and romantic stories that could have been written as rom-com films. I wish I could say that my favourite stories had a common thread, but they were all so different. I think the only thing that they shared was how much I was able to relate to the theme or the character, which is thanks to Bolu's great writing. I think you'd struggle not to connect with any of these tales. There's truly something in it for everyone. So, that's Love in Colour by Bolu Babalola. You can find it on Audible. Now it's time to hear about the hidden gem I picked this week. At the end of the last series of You Heard It Here First, some of you asked about the great books available on Audible to help with learning a language. So this week, I've decided I want to try learning some Spanish. Here goes. Bienvenidos. He estado aprendiendo español con Paul Noble. Y ahora puedo hablar español mejor que antes. También entiendo mejor los tiempos verbales y la gramática. Translation. I have been learning Spanish with Paul Noble, and now I can speak Spanish better than before. Also, I better understand the tenses and grammar. That's just some of what I've learned in Paul Noble's Spanish for Beginners course. I think lots of people have tried to learn a language before, whether in school or using apps. For others, CDs are a good option, so I was curious to see whether an audiobook would be a fun way for me to try and master the language. Now, I am no beginner to Spanish, but that doesn't mean I'm an intermediate either. I have tried teaching myself Spanish on and off for the last 15 years with varying degrees of success. My reading comprehension is pretty good, but I've been known to butcher a few sentences. That being said, I thought Paul Noble knocked it out of the park with his lessons. He starts off by ensuring there's no pressure. He makes you feel okay about forgetting or slipping up, which is bound to happen. The book comes with decent pauses for you to think about your answers before responding, and I find his strange mnemonics quite funny and memorable. For example, English words that end in shun, that's T-I-O-N, typically end in sion, that's C-I-O-N in Spanish. Plus, it's really easy to make those words past tense, simply by adding ardo, A-D-O. He explains this way better than me, so here's a clip. If you take a word, such as preparation, for example, and you cut off the ation from the end of it, and in its place add the ardo from bravado, you will have the word for prepared. So let's try and do this. Take the word preparation, cut off the ation from the end of preparation, and in its place add the ardo from bravado. 
What word do you end up with? Preparado. Preparado. We also have the word visitation in English. Visitation. So again, let's cut off the Asian and replace it with the ardo from bravado. What do you get? Visitado. Visitado. Which means visited. Ardo, like bravado. Stuck with me for the rest of my days. What I like about Paul's book is it's not a long list of vocabulary or tricky exercises. He keeps things really simple. His technique is all about repetition and understanding what you're saying, which I massively enjoyed. Also, I love the conversation role-playing, which has you playing both sides, so you can understand what you might hear or experience in response to your questions. Paul helped me understand the grammar in a way no teacher ever could. My only critique is that some of the content felt a little odd as an introduction to the language. For example, I understand table reservations, preparing coffee and going camping is useful if you're about to travel. But I guess it felt odd for me as it's such a deviation from learning phrases like hello or how are you. Arguably though, this might be what makes it more effective. He drops you straight into conversation and possible exchanges right away. Paul Noble credits 18th century French writer Antoine de Riverol for his interest in language learning. He says that he was wandering through a second-hand bookshop when he came across a very old-looking and extremely tatty French textbook. In it, there was a quote which was to change the whole direction of his life. It read, Grammar is the art of lifting the difficulties out of a language. The lever must not be heavier than the burden. Which I guess you can see in how fun he tries to make learning the language. On balance, it's just over 13 hours long and it's not one to crank the speed up for. I found myself wanting to do it daily and really enjoying it. Naturally, it gets more complex as you progress, but I think like me, you'll be amazed by how much you retain each time. I can certainly see myself using this as a refresher as I have at least three Spanish-speaking countries on my post-lockdown travel list. Like what you've heard? You can find Learn Spanish with Paul Noble by Paul Noble by searching for it on the Audible website or his other languages such as French, German or Italian. And when you heard it here first, I'm not the only one who'll be recommending you some audio goodness. Joining me every week in the studio will be two editors from Audible to tell me about the books that they've been loving. First up is Robin Morgan Bentley. Hello, Robin. Hi, I'm Real. So you're known on the show for picking some of the most serious books that we've ever had. Uh, is that the case today? What have you picked? No, I have gone to the other extreme. I have picked a kids audiobook. Oh, this is a rogue choice. It is a rogue choice. My life has changed in the last few months. Uh, maybe I'm less dark than I was. Um, I have a new baby son who is six oh, months congrats. old. So I've been listening to this a lot with him and a few other kids' audiobooks. He doesn't understand a word, but, you know, he kind of <laughs>, laughs at the sounds and the music and stuff. So. Wonderful. What's it called? The book in particular that I love is The Gruffalo by Julia Donaldson. It's a pretty famous one of Julia mm -hmm. Donaldson's, and she's got so many books, and a lot of them are on Audible and recorded by different kind of names, British names that you might recognise, and just done in a really fun way. But we're going to talk about The Gruffalo in particular because it's the most famous one, I think, and I do mm -hmm. think the recording is particularly special. Can you tell me about the story of the Gruffalo? Yeah, so the Gruffalo is about a little mouse that lives in the woods and he 
encounters lots of different animals as he goes. And all of those animals theoretically are ones that might threaten him. So you've got an owl and a snake. And what happens is he talks about the Gruffalo, this scary, scary monster, and makes all the other animals afraid of this imaginary monster. But there's a twist, which I won't, which I won't give away. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what did you make of the narration of the audiobook? It's so good, the narration. Obviously, as a parent, you also sit down and just read the story to your child. Um, mm. But what you get when you get someone like Amanda Staunton reading it is a professional actor doing it, right? So as much as I can sit there and try and do all the different voices and try and pretend to be a snake and an owl, it's not what I've been trained. <laughs> it's not what I've been trained to do. But it probably is what Amanda Staunton has been trained to do. So it, it's just, it just, it's all massively enhanced. And there's a bit of music and there's sound effects and there's a bit of singing and it's just, uh, it's just a nice alternative way for my son to hear the story other than either you know me or my husband reading it to him yeah i agree i thought imelda really hammed it up and made it so fun and so dramatic like her owl voice had me cackling on my bike let's hear a quick clip where are you going to little brown mouse come and have tea in my treetop house of you, Owl, but no. I'm going to have tea with a Gruffalo. A Gruffalo? What's a Gruffalo? A Gruffalo? Why, didn't you know? He has knobbly knees and turned out toes and a poisonous wart at the end of his nose. Where are you meeting him? by this stream and his favourite food is owl ice cream owl ice cream goodbye little mouse and away owl flew (laughs) silly old owl doesn't he know there's no such thing as a gruffalo Did you have a moment that was your absolute favourite or like a favourite chapter or story? Yeah, so there's a whole collection on Audible, so you can get in one credit lots of different stories. So The Gruffalo is one of them. There's another one called The Smartest Giant in Town, which is all about the kindness of uh, a particular man in a community and his generosity. It's just got a really nice message and uh, it just makes you feel kind of warm. And what's good is that there's such style to the writing it's poetry, really, that obviously it's written for children, but as an adult, you can really appreciate the rhythm of the language as well. And it's it's kind of just, uh, it's just a nice, warm thing to listen to. Yeah, I agree. I really liked the giant story. I also really liked the old woman with the farm animals in her house. I was like, oh, this is a great lesson. I, I was learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, what's that? It's about uh, how she's complaining about how small her house is. And then, yeah, she's and like, my house is a far- squash and a squeeze. <laughs> a squash and a squeeze, that's it. And then all the farm animals move in, she realises actually if it's just her, she's got a lot of space. And Yeah, it's sweet. There's like nice little uh, morals without being too sort of heavy handed about it to teach a little kid. It's nice. Yeah. Was there anything that you were not so sure about? 
So, one thing I will say about Julia Donaldson, I, I love the Ruffalo, I have no criticism of it whatsoever. I, I, like, don't ask me to criticise it because I think it's amazing. But, uh, <laughs> she, my, in my view, Julia Donaldson has a huge output. She seems to churn out books, like, very, very frequently. And they are a bit hit and miss. So a lot of them are great, and some of them are really, really great. Some of them, though, God, pretty dodgy. <laughs> you know, that don't really have a storyline. The rhyming is all over the place. It's like she just kind of fires them out and hopes for the best in a couple of cases. And then when she gets it right, she really gets it right. Right. But there are some which are like we've got, you know, the physical versions of, and they, they stay on the shelf. Very <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. enough. laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Robin. Thanks. Robin's pick this week was a collection of stories by children's author Julia Donaldson. Julia started off busking with her husband, which led to a career in singing and songwriting, mainly for television. One of the songs, A Squash and a Squeeze, was turned into a book in the early 90s, and that's how she got started. You can find lots of her books on Audible now. And hoping to equally impress us with their pick is Alex Curran. Hey, Alex. Hi. Last time you picked the exciting drama The Sandman. What have you gone for this time? So this time I've picked a completely different sort of audio book, which is Animal Societies. Who's that by? Animal Societies is a book by Ashley Ward. He is an animal behaviour expert and he's travelled all over the world to study animals. Brilliant. Can you tell me a bit more about the book? The book talks about a range of different animals and insects and how they cooperate and communicate in the wild. It's kind of a really nice mixture of the author's own diary, his personal experiences studying animals, and it's coupled with a really in-depth insight into like the weird and wonderful animal behaviours. And it also features really amazing soundscapes throughout the book. Yeah, were there any sections that you really loved? So my favourite chapter was the chapter on bees. It's a really great one. It had the most amazing facts that I would just like constantly like repeat to people, like, did you know this about bees? And the soundscape in it, especially at the start, is like really beautiful. Yeah, let's hear an example. Chapter two, insect societies. Making a beeline. I'm walking through an English wood in spring revelling in being out in nature. The vivid green of the young leaves is a wonderful antidote to the pervasive gloom of the countryside just a few weeks earlier. On the forest floor, spring flowers such as wood anemones are racing against time. Before long, the budding leaves of the trees will form a canopy over them that blocks the light. Birds vie for territory, proclaiming their tenancies in song. There's a vibrancy to spring. I'm just pausing to take it in when a hairy golf ball flies past. Except it's not a golf ball, but a queen bumblebee. The size of these fantastic, fluffy, regal insects always takes me by surprise. The queen, like the other animals and plants in the wood, is on a mission. She has spent the dark days of winter biding her time alone underground, and, having all but exhausted her internal larder, she is busy collecting nectar from the early flowers to build her strength before turning her attention to nesting. Oh, that sounds really, really great. I love the soundscapes in this book as well. What's your favourite fact about bees? So my favourite thing in this chapter was something called the waggle dance. I hope I'm (laughs) saying that right. But it's a dance that 
bees perform. So as forager bees go out of the hive to try and find pollen, when they come back and have found some pollen, they do this thing called a waggle dance. Nice. So they do it for the rest of their hive. And basically, the direction that they perform the dance is the direction of the source of pollen. The distance that they do the dance is relative to how far away the pollen is and how enthusiastically and how long they dance for shows how good the pollen source is. Oh, wow. Is just, <laughs> that's so that's cool. amazing. Like, it's mind-blowing to me. Like, yeah, I just love that they communicate through this little waggle dance. I find that amazing. That's so cool. What about other animals? What else does he cover? There's such a wide-ranging amount of animals in this book i think we talked about there's like cockroaches and locusts so maybe that's not for everyone if you're not into insects it is but not. They all- <laughs> he also looks at a lot of fish he looks at arctic krill he talks about dolphins there's a long bit about hyenas and how they like fight each other in the womb it sounds quite extreme but the way ashley does it is really fascinating was there anything that you didn't like or a chapter that just made you a bit itchy or cringy There was a chapter on rats and I just couldn't listen to it. As much as I love this book, I just had to skip it because that's like a massive phobia of mine. So be aware of that when listening. I also think this is a great listen for people of all ages, but to be aware there is some swearing in it, which I personally like because you get to hear Ashley Ward's humour throughout the book, but just to be aware of that. Do you think that this is the kind of book that you can listen to in one go? Is it like a binge listen or is it more of a take it chapter by chapter? For me, it was definitely a binge listen. I listened to it all within a few days. I think Ashley's voice is so relaxing. It's also quite a good one to listen to before you go to bed. Yeah. It was also released in April, which we know is like the height of like lockdown in the UK. So for a lot of people, including myself, we didn't have a lot of anything to do. And I found this was a really good like escapism. Mm-hmm. Just to listen to something about nature and with the soundscape, it was so immersive. It's definitely something that like, I binged within a few days just to sort of escape what was happening in the actual world. Yeah, no, I think that's perfectly natural. I think the thing I enjoyed the most about it was immediately being dropped into the worlds that he's created. Or, uh, he didn't even create them. He's literally like experiencing these firsthand. And the soundscapes really just add to that. Like the way he describes like, appearing at the um the institute with the arctic krill or to learn more about arctic krill was just like mind-blowing did you have any other moments that were like geez like i didn't even know this could possibly exist or i could never have imagined this animal being this way i think i was like that through every chapter like i don't know that much about animals other than watching david attenborough's documentaries so everything he was talking about was like brand new to me and I found it so interesting because you could tell how passionate he was about it. Mm -hmm. I also think like you mentioned about the sound effects and the soundscape. Quite often music and sound effects in an audiobook is quite a hard thing to get right. A lot of people don't like it but I think this is done in like a really beautiful way. It's just at the start of every chapter Mm -hmm. and it's a really like light touch but it's really really well done. I agree. I think it's excellently done. It's probably my favourite part about the book, besides Ashley being hilarious and patient and kind and loving to all insects, irrespective of their ick factor. 100%. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Remember, you can find Animal Societies by Ashley Ward or Robin's Pick, which was Julia Donaldson's children's books, on Audible. Every week, we share at least seven different titles from Audible that we think you might love. 
Subscribe so you don't miss out. If you haven't realised by now, we're really showing you all that Audible has to offer. And this next segment is no exception. Audible Sessions is another podcast from the Audible team, where they bring in some of your favourite authors to talk about their new releases and exciting new projects. This week, it's a clip from Russell Kane's Audible Session. Russell is a comedian. He chatted to Holly Newson about his book, Son of a Silverback, a sort of autobiography told by explaining his dad's life story. And why are you comparing your dad to a silverback gorilla? Where did that come from? I think there's a lot of people that will read my book that will identify with it. It might not be your dad, it might be an uncle, it might be a brother, it might be your son who's grown up into this sort of knuckle-dragging alpha male. He was a weightlifting, semi-professional bodybuilder, rugby player, sheet metal worker, asbestos remover, probably sucked it out with his mouth through a straw, a metal welding, a bouncer... Uh, he modelled everything manly you could do, he could do. He was about 16 stone, about 5% body fat at his peak. And he got me for a son sort of, with a glittery question mark over my head. Hey, Dad, I might be into theatre. And it was just a complete clash of culture. It's like Jermaine Greer going to the pub with Roy Chubby Brown would be an easier night out than me and my dad down the pub. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot about that last bit. <laughs> yeah, Russell's definitely got away with words. Uh, it doesn't make his dad sound amazing, does he? I absolutely adored this Audible session. The whole episode is just filled with moments like that. Russell has a beautiful way of describing his family, which is both sinister, intriguing, hilarious and dramatic. And you will be entertained from start to finish. If you want to find out more about Russell and his dad, you can find Son of a Silverback on Audible, along with the rest of his hilarious Audible session. But before that, it's time to take a trip to our listeners' corner. I've let you know what I've really enjoyed, but now I want to know what you're obsessed with. This week, our recommendation comes from Chris for a sitcom. Hi, I'm Real. This is Chris, and I'm reviewing Blackadder, The Complete Collection. As many I'm sure will know, Blackadder is a series of four BBC pseudo-historical sitcoms starring Rowan Atkinson as the anti-hero Edmund Blackadder and Tony Robinson as his witless dog's body, Baldrick. Throughout the four series, there are a number of repeat appearances from other styles of British comedy, including Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, Miranda Richardson, Tim McKinney, and of course, the late Brick Mail. Each series is set in a different period of British history, series one during the fictional reign of Richard IV, series two during the reign of Elizabeth I, series three in the reign of George III in the late 18th and early 19th century, and of course series four, Blackadder Goes Forth, in 1917 in the trenches of the Great War. I went back to listening to Blackadder because it's a classic, quite possibly the best comedy series that the BBC has ever made. It's consistently sharp and funny, whilst also delivering moments of compassion and poignancy, and a perfectly pitched ending in its final season, Blackadder Goes Forth. You'll enjoy this if you're a fan of British comedy, things like Forty Towers, a bit of Fry and Laurie, Not the Nine O'Clock News, or more recently, Upstart Crow. It's full of wit, sarcasm, wordplay, and of course, plenty of hilariously daft, cunning plans. Oh, thanks, Chris. That was hilarious. I love some Rowan Atkinson, so I can't wait to sink my teeth into that. 
I hope you've been enjoying what your fellow listeners love. Now, this is your chance to get a book, play or drama that you've really enjoyed featured on the show. You can send me an email and I'll read it out or send us a voice note. Email it over to yhihf at audible.co.uk. That's the first letters of You Heard It Here First, but keep your review spoiler free. And sadly, that's all for this week's You Heard It Here First. Now's your chance to go and listen to some amazing audiobooks on the Audible website. Let us know what you love in the review section. In case you missed anything we featured today, here they are again. Call for the Dead by John le Carre. Loving Color by Bolu Babalola. Learn Spanish with Paul Noble by Paul Noble. Julia Donaldson's Children's Books. Animal Societies by Ashley Ward. Russell Kane's Audible Session. And our Listener's Corner was Blackadder, The Complete Collection. You've been listening to You Heard It Here First, an Audible original produced by Content is Queen, presented by me, Imriel Morgan. Additional voices by Richard Hodson and featuring Robin Morgan Bentley and Alex Curran. It was produced by Ellie Clifford. Original music was by Seth Bradford. For Audible, the executive producer was Holly Newson. The production executive was Hayley Nathan. And the commissioning editor was Kent DePinto. Hold up. 